God is good? And all the time? Glad that you chose to worship with us today. I am, my name is John, and I am blessed to serve as the pastor here. And wow, that song was powerful, wasn't it? Couldn't help but think Psalm 23, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. Verse 4 says, Yea, though I walk the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Do you believe that today? Let's say it again. God is good. And all the time. I want to invite you to find your way to Acts chapter number five. And uh, what a, uh, if I haven't had a chance to meet you, my wife, Joy, and I, we will be in the foyer at the back of the auditorium right after the service. We would love to, to get to know you. I have a, a gift for you and want to just thank you uh, for being here. And uh, as we were listening to the results and, and what God is doing for the Fort Worth Pregnancy Center, aren't you, aren't you thankful to be a part of that ministry? Uh, yeah, you can celebrate what God is doing there. And uh, just, you know, for clarification, uh, just for maybe information, uh, Mary and Paula, who gave up, uh, uh, stood up here and gave their testimony, they not only work at the Fort Worth Pregnancy Center, but they're members of Hallmark Church. And so they serve uh, there and they serve here. In fact, they're two of the three main leaders of our food bank ministry. And uh, so if you are interested in Pregnancy Center, they're back there, but also maybe if you're interested in helping with the mobile food bank, you can ask those ladies the same questions as well with that. This year, our theme is trust. And uh, the, the reality is sometimes trust is difficult, isn't it? Do you agree with that? As Matt mentioned last week that uh, trust is faith in action, right? It's taking that next step. It's trusting that God is going to be there. God is going to, as he has promised, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. That's what we just sang about, right? That greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And because Christ is in me through the Holy Spirit, I don't have to fear what man can do uh, to me. So trust. And that's going to kind of continue in our theme most uh, of the year. In fact, I want to show you just a screenshot of, of my phone alarm. Okay, some of you, we've challenged you over the last few years. Uh, these are the three alarms that go off on my phone every single day. Matthew 9:38 is the first one. And this is what we are uh, calling our mission emphasis week, our month, Project 938. And the reason it's called 938 is after Matthew 938, when Jesus looked out on the world and he said, there are so many people that need to hear about me. There are so many people that need Jesus, and he gave us a response. He gave us a challenge. He gave us the answer. How, what are we going to do about it? He said, pray. Pray that the Lord would send more labors into the harvest. And so at 938, this is not just something Hallmark has thought of. This is uh, the Baptist Bible Fellowship International. This is kind of their call to action the last few years. And so there's hundreds of churches in America that are praying this, but there are hundreds, if not thousands of churches around the world that pray at 938. Uh, last year, our theme was one. You see the display here, and maybe you're like me. You, I remember, uh, I think it was the last year of January when I put uh, this white, one of these white ping pong balls is the one I put in there and I wrote a name on there of people that I'm praying for to give their life to Christ. And so at 
one o'clock for one, right? It's Luke 15, four. Jesus went after, he, he left the 99 and he went after the how many? You guys are so smart. So pray at one for that one. And, and maybe you're new and you haven't had an opportunity. These white ping pong balls are up here. There's Sharpies up here. Write a name of someone you're praying for and, and drop it in there. And I know some of you have put names in there last year and you're still praying for that one, maybe for you to have the opportunity or as we look in Acts today, that we would have the boldness and the courage that when God gives us the opportunity to share our faith, we would, we would do that. This year has been a new challenge. So this is my newest alarm at 3.56. Notice it says p.m. At 3.56 p.m. Uh, if you get up at 3.56 a.m., more power to you. You can pray for me uh, while you wake up. Pray that I keep sleeping. But we are praying Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, that we would trust the Lord in all that we do. In fact, uh, I, I think we're going to have Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 on the screen for us. And could we, could we this morning read that together? Are you guys ready for that? All right, we're going to say the reference, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and then we'll, we'll read through it. All right, here we go. Ready? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. So at 3.56 this year, I've been praying, God, help me today. Help me in this moment to trust you in all my ways. Help me not to, what I have a tendency to do is to lean in my own understanding. There's a right way to do it, and it's my way, right? You guys, anybody identify with that? I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. I'm going to acknowledge you in everything. And as I trust you, Lord, will you direct my paths today? Will you use me for my good and for your glory? And so let's trust him together this year. Last week we looked at Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And as Stephanie mentioned in the welcome this morning, I'm thankful that we have a church that as we focused last week on Jesus told the disciples, you'll be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth, or I think the old King James says the uttermost, right? That we are commissioned by God to go across the street and across the world. And, and I'm thankful that I serve in a church that does both, that we are focused on, outwardly focused on those across the street and those across the world. And wasn't that interesting as we highlighted last week, Cambodia and Thailand, and then this morning we get to highlight that we get to partner with people in our own community that are saving lives and sharing the gospel. So in Acts chapter 5, I don't know if you've noticed this, but every week so far this year we've been in the book of Acts, and so we're kind of giving you a, a, a flyby of Acts as we've talked about our core values, as we transition February here into our living our life on mission and highlighting missions both locally and globally. But in Acts chapter 5, as you find your way there, let me give you a quick uh, catch you up where we are in the timeline of Acts, right? So Acts was written by Luke. Luke was not one of the 12 apostles. He was a Gentile doctor that in the book of Acts, all of a sudden he kind of shows up and, and changes how he's talking from I'm hearing about what's happening on these missionary journeys to I'm a part of what's happening on these missionary journeys. But in Acts chapter one, they're told to go back and wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
And that's what we read last week. When you are empowered, then you shall be witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Then chapter 3, Peter and the other apostles, they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Peter preaches proudly and passionately, and 3,000 people get saved. Wouldn't that have been amazing to be there that day? We, we were in, in Cambodia a few weeks ago and someone preached and 168 gave their life to Christ. I remember back in, in a long time ago, it was 20 plus years ago, I was in the Philippines. I was at a youth camp. Somebody got up and preached and 500 kids gave their life to Christ that day. That was amazing. But 3,000 people, what, what an awesome thing to be a part of. Then in chapter 3, there's a man healed at Solomon's porch, and, and uh, he did everything you were taught not to do as a kid. As soon as he was healed, he ran through the church, right? He ran through the temple praising God. And wouldn't you have liked to have seen that? This guy that has been lame from birth, never been able to walk, he's healed by the power of the Holy Spirit, and he runs through church. And I think it would have been okay to let him run through church that day, right? And Peter doesn't waste an opportunity as people are gathered. What is going on? He preaches. 5,000 people give their life to Christ in chapter number four. But in chapter number four, we're introduced again to the council, the Sanhedrin, the religious leaders of those days. There were 70, including the high priest, 71. And they were the ones that were in charge of, they were the ones that were yelling in Matthew chapter 27, give us Barabbas, crucify Jesus. And they riled up the crowds to, to crucify Jesus. And here they have thousands of people have given their life to Christ. Jerusalem has been turned upside down with the gospel of Jesus Christ and they don't like it. And in chapter four, they bring Peter and John in and they say, we strictly command you do not preach the name of who? Jesus, because Jesus changes everything, doesn't he? Do you believe that? Jesus changes everything. So they didn't want them to preach the name of Jesus. And so they think if they give them a warning They'll stop. And at the end of chapter four, disciples go back, they gather together, and they pray. And I find it interesting that they don't, pray, they don't pray for protection. They pray for passion, for boldness, for courage. They're, they're not going to stop preaching the name of Jesus, are they? And that's kind of where we pick up in, in chapter five in the timeline. And uh, if you want to read an interesting story, we're, we're going to skip it. The first 11 verses, Ananias and his wife Sapphira, they, they go to church. Ananias lies in church and he dies in church, right? So maybe that's a warning for you. Don't lie in church. Three hours later, his wife shows up and they're like, is such and such true? Yes, that's exactly how it happened. And guess what? She lies in church and she dies in church. And then there's like this most, you know, duh verse of scripture in verse 11 of, of chapter five. So great fear came upon all the church and all who hear these things, right? Like duh, right? If someone walked in here this morning, told me a lie and they fell down and died. And I'm like, hey, Carlos, could you get rid of the body? It takes Carlos three hours because, you know, he's slow at some things. And, and then and as soon as he comes back in, the guy's, the, the guy's wife walks in and I ask her the same question. She tells me the same lie. She falls down and, and she dies right here and Carlos walks back. All right, Carlos, we have another one. Take him out. Would you guys speak the truth to me? For sure. And so it's like, duh, of course fear fell upon the church, right? 
And then you start thinking, have I ever lied in church? Have you ever? Never mind, I'm not going to ask that. I grew up in church. I have said plenty of lies in church. Trust me. Hopefully I don't do that anymore, but I used to. So that's where we pick up the story in verse number 12. And, and I've, I've kind of broken down uh, the sections. We're going to try to get through the rest of the chapter, the chapter this morning. And I've broken these kind of in sections. And so if you're taking notes, it may be easiest to, to uh, take your phone out and take a screenshot real quick. We're going to kind of walk through these. And, and I would love to cite where I got this information from. But I went back on some notes in, two, I think it was 2012. And I had these typed up. And uh, apparently I was lazy in 2012. 2012 and I didn't cite it, or it's possible, it's not likely, but it's possible that I thought of this in my own brain, okay? It's possible. Can we say it's possible? Not likely, but possible, right? So we'll give credit where credit is due. I don't know, all right? The first section, though, power in the porch, Verse number 12. And so what I'm going to do is we're going to read through this. I'm going to give you some commentary, maybe some understanding of what we're reading, uh, a little side notes. And then when we get to the end of the chapter, I'm going to give you three points of application for you to take home with yourself uh, this morning. Verse number 12. Through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. They were all with one accord. All right, so there was a lot of miracles happen. This is one of them, that a church was all in unity. They were in Solomon's porch. Verse 13, yet none of the rest dared to join them, right? Why do you think some of them were scared to join this group? What just happened? Two people fell dead in church, right? So, like, of course they were a little fearful. But the people did esteem them highly. But verse 14, believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. So we've seen 120 in the upper room. They received the gift of the Holy Spirit. 3,000 are saved, 5,000 are saved. Now multitudes have been added to the church so that they brought the sick out in the streets and laid them on the beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing might fall on some of them. And the scripture doesn't, it tells us what happens here. It doesn't say that people were healed by seeing the shadow of Peter, all right? But, but that's the description here. But look at verse 16. Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing the sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Wouldn't that have been awesome to be a part of that? Do you believe that God still has the power to heal? Do you believe God still has the power to heal? He does. The same power that healed all of them who showed up to the apostles is the same spirit, the same God, the same power that resurrected Jesus Christ. And I'm afraid that for us as followers of Jesus in our modern culture and church, sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we forget that the reality is, what, what did James tell us to do as followers of Jesus? James says in chapter 5 and verse 13, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Anyone who's suffering today, don't raise your hand. Is anybody suffering? Probably, most of us in some degree. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And he has committed sins. He will be forgiven. Are you thankful that when we pray to the Lord, he still has the power to heal and the power to save? And I think sometimes we forget that. God 
will use the faith. The next verse says the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Take it to the Lord in prayer. All right, so we have power in the porch and God's on full display. And then the next section, verses 17 through 20, there's joy in the jail. Then it's not my wife, joy in the jail. It's like, you know, feeling joy in the jail. Then the high priest rose up and all those who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, they were filled with indignation. All right, so as we think about this council, the Sanhedrin, there are Pharisees and Sadducees. And we won't get into all the weeds of what they believe, but one of the main differences between the Pharisees and the Sadducees is the Sadducees didn't believe in resurrection. They didn't believe in life after death. And as a kid, I was taught how to remember the difference that the Sadducees didn't believe in life after death, so they would be sad, you see. Anybody ever, anybody ever heard that one? All right. All you kids that grew up in church, you, you've heard that. Some of you are like, this is weird. Um, but they were filled, look at the last verse, uh, last word of, of verse 17. They were filled with what? All right, some of you have a different translation. It may say indignation. As it says on the screen, it may say jealousy. It may anger. But what it really is trying to convey here is they were filled with such anger and wrath birthed from their jealousy. And understand, jealousy is the fruit, but pride is the root. It was their pride of losing the crowds. It was the fear that everyone was going to follow the way, Jesus. And they were going to lose their power and their prestige and their gig, if you will. And this pride, which led to jealousy, led to some horrific things. Look what it says in verse 18. They laid their hands on the apostles, put them in a common prison. But at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors, brought them out and said, go. This is, again, highlighting what we're talking about. Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. You shall be witnesses of Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost, or the ends of the earth. And Matthew 28, the Great Commission, go and make Disciples and the angel of the Lord shows up into prison and releases them from prison and says, go, go hide in the streets, right? Go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. So if you're following along or want to have accurate notes, this is where I get the title of the message this morning, Speak Life. The angel of the Lord comes to them in the prison and says, go. Go back to the same place that you just got arrested from. Now, I don't know about you, but there may be an argument that comes after this. Okay, hey, that's great. Thanks for letting us out. We're gonna give it a few days. Then, we'll, then maybe we'll go back when things settle down. Go speak life. Verse 21, when they heard that they entered the temple. All right, so here, here we've transitioned from the next, from joy in the jail to teaching in the temple. Next section. When they heard it, they entered the temple early in the morning and did what? Taught. They spoke the words of life. But the high priest and those who came and called the council together 
with all the elders of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. So they gather the next morning, they send a messenger, hey, send the prisoners to us. We are not done, you know, scolding them. Verse 22, but when the officers came and did not find them in prison, they returned and reported saying, here's the good news. We found the, the prison shut securely. The guards standing outside before the doors. Here's the bad news. When we opened them, we found no one inside. Wouldn't that have been awesome to just watch that happen? Verse 24, now when the high priest, the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these things, they wondered what the outcome would be. So someone came and told them, saying, oh, by the way, the men whom you put in prison, guess where they're at? They're back at it. They're standing in the temple and they're teaching the people. Boldness, courage, speak life, even in the face of persecution. All right, so here, here we go into the, this next section, all right? Courage in the court, verse number 26. Then the captain went with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people lest they should be stoned, right? So there's thousands of followers of Christ now. And now these religious people come and are going to arrest these men. And there's fear that their crowds are now going to turn on the religious people. Verse number 27. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest asked them, saying, Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? What name is he speaking of? Doesn't even want to say it, does he? Did we not command you strictly, chapter 4, not to speak this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. Wouldn't that be awesome if someone said that about Hallmark Church? They meant it derogatory. Look, you have filled southwest Fort Worth and Crowley and Burleson with this doctrine. What is this doctrine? That Jesus saves, that Jesus changes everything, that by grace you're saved through faith. It is not of works. It is a gift of God, lest anyone should boast. Wouldn't it be awesome for people to say that of Hallmark Church? So I guess, I think we're in agreement. Are we in agreement? Shake your head. That would be pretty cool. So, so what needs to happen in order for that to happen? Hold on a second. We'll get real quiet in here, right? There's where personal responsibility comes, doesn't it? I'm going to be personally involved. I'm going to be radically generous. I'm going to be outwardly focused. Why? Because I'm living a biblically driven life. God has commissioned me to go. You fill Jerusalem with all your doctrine. Then it says you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. And the truth is, they were trying to bring this man's blood upon them, weren't they? Not in the way that these men were saying it, all right? So these men were saying, as you're trying to make us guilty of the blood of Christ, 
Interesting enough, go back to Matthew chapter 27. Remember what happened in Matthew chapter 27 when Jesus stood before Pilate? And what did Pilate say? I have found no fault in this man. He's a just, righteous man. I'm going to wash my hands of his blood. Let his blood be upon you. And what did the religious people in the crowd say? Yes, let his blood be upon us and our children. And here they say, oh, you're trying to make his blood upon us. Things have changed, haven't they? What significant thing has changed since Matthew 27 and Acts chapter number five? The thing that changed the entire world. It's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The resurrection of Jesus changed everything, didn't it? This man that they crucified. But, but let's think about this from a different perspective. We could... We could talk about that all day, but let's think about this from a different perspective. As they are saying the blood on us is is a way of guilt, then we would say as a follower of Jesus, we want the blood of Jesus Christ to be over you because what does the Bible say about the blood of Jesus? 1 John 1, 7, if we walk in the light as he, Jesus, is in light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Without the blood of Christ, my sins cannot be forgiven. Do you want the blood of Christ applied to you? I hope so. 1 Peter 1, 18, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by traditions of your fathers. It's not about church tradition. That's not how we're redeemed. But, verse 19, 1 Peter 1, with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Jesus shed his blood so that you could have forgiveness of sins. I say this morning, I pray that the blood of Christ is on you. That you would receive the forgiveness of sins. They strictly command them, don't preach the name of Jesus. You're trying to make us feel guilty. Verse number 29, Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. We ought to obey God rather than men. Now I'm thankful in our country that we have freedom to preach the gospel, but you realize that most of the world does not have the freedom we do? There are men and women all over the world, even right now as we meet, that are being imprisoned, that are being beaten, that are being killed because they spoke this name. And the disciples, we ought to obey God rather than men. Verse 30, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus whom, so so they're not gonna pull any punches here. It's gonna get rough for the, the religious people. Peter says, we ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers, verse 30, raised up Jesus whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him, God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. We are his witness to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. And so Peter is reminding us that when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, we are gifted the gift of the Holy Spirit who indwells us and the power of the Spirit who resurrected Christ from the dead now lives in us. And that is why we can sing songs like, I will not be afraid because he is with me. He is not just with me, he is in me. Does that bring you courage and boldness? It should. 
the next part here, verse 33. I don't have time to read all of that. Let me give you a summary. Gamaliel is this uh, religious leader in the Sanhedrin who is well-known and well-respected. In fact, we would read later in, in the last part of Acts that this is the person that Paul, the apostle, was learned under. He was his apprentice. And he basically gets up and tells the people, listen, people, we need to be careful here. Remember, and he gives two examples. So-and-so, he, he had this religious sect that grew up. He was killed and everyone departed. They scattered. Remember so-and-so, and he gives another weird name, and he says he also had this religious sect, and they, they had this plan, and, and he was killed, and all his followers deserted him. And his point was, if this is of man, it'll fade away. But if it's of God, you don't want to be found fighting against it. And when we read the story of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ, and the disciples one of the greatest evidences, in my opinion, for the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the change of heart of all the disciples. Remember what happened when Jesus was arrested? They scattered. Jesus said they would as a sheep without a shepherd. And after they saw the resurrected Christ, what did they do? They suddenly received boldness. And almost every one of the disciples, I don't have time to go through the list, but almost every one of the disciples was killed for their faith. So they decide they're not going to kill them. They decide, look at verse number 40. They agreed with him, and when they had called for the apostles and beaten them, okay, this, this idea of beating them is, is not, at least when I picture this, I, I picture somebody grabbing a belt and taking off. Anybody ever done that for it? You know, you want me to do it? I'm afraid my pants would fall off. But uh, I remember there, there's that action of the belt coming off. Man, I was the fastest man alive, fastest boy alive, I should say. Usually push my brother down and then I go in the opposite direction. The word Darrow literally means to flay or to skin. This is not just let me take my belt off and, you know. This was possibly... 39 lashes, beaten. Because why? They preached Jesus. They commanded them, don't speak the name of Jesus again in verse 40. Verse 41, they departed from the presence of the council rejoicing. Wait, hold on. Rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Verse 42, daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Three points of application this morning. Very quickly. Number one, Walk in obedience, verse 29. So as a follower of Jesus, I mean, we could go through a lot of things that we're supposed to do, but, but it really comes down to love God with all your heart, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. There's two commands clearly given in Acts chapter 1. You shall be witnesses of me. What kind of witness are you? 
I don't think God is looking for silent witnesses. You shall be witnesses. Walk in obedience. Matthew 28 says, go make disciples. Baptizing them in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things that I command you. And lo, I will be, what is it? With you. That's what we sang about. Number one, walk in obedience. What is God asking you to do? Take the next step of faith. Trust that God is good, that God is in control, and that what he's asking you to do, he will make a way. He will direct your path. Number two, rejoice in suffering. We could take a long time on that. But what an example the apostles were for us, willing to die for the sake of the gospel. Number three, Speak life. Share the gospel with someone this week. Tell someone your story of when you gave your life to Christ. What happened? What were the events? What's changed? For me as a 17-year-old kid, I didn't have peace in my life. When I finally made the decision to give my life to Christ, it was like this overwhelming peace of God came upon me that I belonged to Jesus. Maybe you didn't catch it. Go back to 30, verse 30, because this is the message, right? Speak life. What does that mean to speak life, to speak the gospel? The gospel is found in verses 30 and 31. I think that verse 30 and 31 are a summarization of the greater message. But in this summarization, we basically get the four points of Peter's message, right? Let's look at it. Then God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree, Him, God exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. So here's the gospel. First thing, number one, man sinned. It says you murdered. It points out what Romans tells us. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's the gospel, man sinned. You murdered by hanging on a tree. Number two, not only did man sin, but two, Jesus died. Jesus died to pay the penalty of my sin debt and your sin debt. Jesus was the substitute for me. He died in my place. Man sinned, Jesus died. Look what the very first part of verse 30 says. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus. Aren't you glad that Jesus is alive? It changed everything. Man sinned, Jesus died, Jesus rose again to be the fulfillment of the sacrifice that we needed. And number four, repentance and forgiveness are available. Verse 31, God has exalted Jesus to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give, to give, notice that, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. What a gift that God has given us that we could repent and receive forgiveness. I want to ask you just to close your eyes for a moment this morning. This morning, I think there's some of you in the room that these three action steps are for you. God wants you to share your faith. God wants you to be more bold and have courage and to pray. God, give me boldness. And when I have the opportunity, I'm I'm not just going to invite someone to church. I'm going to share the gospel with them. Maybe that means this morning when you walk out of here, when you walk out of the porches here, you would grab the little tent card, the card that has the ABCs of salvation, and you're going to give that to someone, and you're going to explain that to someone, and you're going to tell your story this week. 
God, give me an opportunity and I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell someone that Jesus loves them, that he died for them, that he died in their place, that they can have forgiveness of sins through repentance. And, and that's your action step. That's what you need to pray about and ask God to give you courage. But, but some of you in this morning, I would say, are probably need to hear verses 30 and 31 again. The Bible is very clear, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And because of our sin, our payment for sin, Romans 6.23 says, the wages or the payment of my sin is death, separation from God, or my holy, righteous creator. Jesus came back to life. And he says, whoever believes in me will have everlasting life. And maybe this morning, someone in here today Today is the day for you to say, I believe. I place my faith in Jesus. I repent of my sins and I ask for forgiveness. Jesus, I want you. As it's dark in here this morning, it's quiet. Would, would anybody be, have, have the courage, brave enough, everyone's eyes are closed, would, would, just, would you raise your hand and say, yeah, John, I need to give my life to Jesus today. I've never done that. Just put your hand up right now. Just put it up. I'm the only one looking. Just put it up. Anyone like that this morning? Thank you. Just put it up. Okay, thank you. Anyone else? And here's what I want to encourage you to do is you talk to the Lord right now. Here's, here's, we've given you the gospel. This is simple. You sinned. Jesus died to pay for your sin. And if you call on him, he'll forgive you your sin. You, you can put your hands down, but, but, but you talk to God right now. And you tell God in this moment, God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe Jesus died in my place. I, conf I confess my sins. I ask you to forgive me and to come into my life. And, and again, I'm not gonna embarrass you. If you prayed that this morning, you, you talked to God about that today, w would you just put your hand back up? Maybe you didn't raise your hand earlier, but you did it anyways. Just put your hand up. Thank you. Anyone else? Just put your hand up. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. I see three, there's probably more, it's hard to see. Just put your hand up, anyone else? Okay, you can put your hand down. Here's, here's the important thing, it's not that I saw your hand or didn't see your hand. God did. God heard you. God is faithful and just to forgive you when you call on him. And my next step for you, I wanna encourage you. Grab one of those cards in front of you before you leave today or scan the QR code and just tell us you decided to follow Jesus today. We would love to celebrate that with you. God, we thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace in our life. Thank you, Lord, that, that you are always with us. Thank you for these that have made a decision today to place their faith in you. I pray, God, you would give them courage to tell someone, to fill out the card, or, to, or just to come see me in the foyer and let me know of the decision they made. I pray for the rest of us today, Lord, that we would have boldness and courage Lord, as, as you've asked us to be witnesses, that we would be faithful, verbal witnesses of Jesus.
I'm gonna invite you to, to stand with me this morning. We're gonna close in an opportunity of worship through music. Also, it's an opportunity for you if you wanna just come pray this morning and, and reconnect with God or maybe it's this morning to, to be reminded of the, the, the white ping pong ball you have in there to pray for that one, that God will give you an opportunity, the, the boldness and the courage to share your faith with him. Let's sing together this morning.